This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. We're here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water, and maybe you don't know anything about it, and this is the very beginning. But we recommend heading back to the very early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in headfirst, then let's do it. In this week's episode, we discuss the exciting news from Stripe facilitating fiat to crypto payments. We look at the Coinbase and Apple fees debate which is going on on Twitter right now. And we talk more about incoming crypto regulation. Plus, there's a load of juicy news bites this week. So please stick around. My name's Tracy, and I'm joined, as always, by Craig and Blake from the Bamboo app. Hey, guys, welcome to this week's show. How are you going? Going well, Tracy. Yeah, just... You know, daily grind here, watching uh, watching the markets. Yeah, lots going on in those markets. How are you going, Craig? What's happening? Going good. Um, what's happening? Me and Blake actually went to a Binance event last Wednesday night, which oh, was yeah, interesting. I had great FOMO. Yeah, it was actually pretty packed out, to be honest, which is a good sign. Did you get any free Binance merch, Craig? <laughs> yeah, I did. I got a jumper and the shirts. Did you really? Yeah, I got they got they got this bag and I got a jumper which fit me fine and then the shirts were like I'm giving them to my like like twelve year old cousin because they're not going to fit anyone. Not even me. They're so small. No. Nah. You know what? We ha- I actually haven't spoken to you, Craig, since this event. I did get Blake's rundown of the event and what he did after the event, which was pretty cool. But Craig, what? I didn't actually speak to you, so I didn't know there was merch. So you got it. You got a cool hoodie, which is awesome. Love a bit of Binance merch. Binance were giving away carpet. They were giving away these really cool um, mats, these Binance mats. Which, uh, they didn't have many of them, but people were chomping at the bit to get their hands on these really cool Binance mats. And they had these really cool hoodies. Did you get one of the black Binance hoodies? Yes, I did. Oh, good on you. Everyone was desperate for those. Well, the one takeaway that I've got, Trace, for you is that they are licking their lips at FTX's capitulation. They're seeing market share <laughs> ready to be taken, so they're obviously bulls. And they're massive focus on... Um, institutional money. They're bringing out a new product for institutions. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're going for it. And I think I saw somewhere on a news article in the last couple of days, I don't know, did we share it, me and you, Blake, that they were saying that Binance might eventually end up being um, decentralised as well somewhere along the way. They were going to make a play to be centralised and decentralised. So we're going to go down that road eventually as well. Um, I think they've always had decentralized products like their yeah. like their being like mm-hmm. their Binance Smart Chain, which may or may not be decentralized, mm-hmm. as well as a decentralized exchange. But you know, I think they're going to try and play in both worlds. But at the same time, I'm hesitant to say you know how 
how you know, decentralized some of these products will actually be. Mm, interesting. Oh, good. So Binance event, event was fun then. Big tick for Binance. Cool. Look, let's get on with our first big bit of news. And everyone's been talking about this one because it is quite exciting for the space. But Stripe has launched a project to facilitate fiat to crypto payments for companies all around the world. It involves a customizable widget that can be embedded directly into DEXs, NFT platforms, wallets, or dApps to allow customers to instantly purchase crypto. So Stripe will offer on-ramping services to handle the KYC, which is Know Your Customer, uh, payments and fraud protection and compliance issues. So do we want to break this down? a little bit further to our users to explain exactly what this is, Blake? Mm, Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, Stripe is one of the largest payment processes in North America. And, yeah, this is a big deal because it's been notoriously hard to, if you're a decentralized project or like a decentralized exchange, to have uh, fiat on-ramps. Currently, they don't really exist. So So what is maybe we should go back and explain what Stripe does now Mm. in, in, in the world. Yeah, so Stripe are massive. They're like the back end of payments for stores, for merchants, for businesses. And they're like, just for some context, they're like the eighth biggest fintech company in the world. I think they are the fifth biggest payment processor in the world. Um, so obviously, I think Visa is up there, either one or two. And Stripe has sort of been seen as the challenger to those guys for a while now. Wasn't Elon Musk involved in Stripe? Originally, yes. He's out now, but he was he was originally in there, yeah. Really? Correct. That's interesting. Yeah, you can mm. already use... There's like a widget that Stripe provides now for decentralized products like Magic Eden, Audius, which I think is a decentralized music streaming platform, mm-hmm. and some Correct. of the um, decentralized apps and DeFi. Like if you want to buy Ethereum on some dApps, you can use the Stripe and you can just do it straight through with Fiat. And all of them are at the moment on Solana. And I'm not sure why that is. Probably the gas fees. Potentially, right, yeah. So I guess what this means is like if Stripe becomes the top payment processor for dApps, that means you don't need to go through the headache of buying something from a centralized exchange. So for example, exactly. So for example, Trace, when you bought your, um, what's that band that you love? Muse. When you bought your Muse album NFT, you probably had to go to Binance, buy Ethereum, send it to the MetaMask and then do the whole hoo-ha. Whereas with Stripe, you could probably just use your Visa card, mm-hmm. bang, straight on the blockchain, which is awesome. Obviously, the, the trade-off here is that then you would need to KYC in the process mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. you know, and some projects, you know, are obviously going to embrace that and other projects um, simply won't. Could that mean then, Blake, though, so with Ocean Floor, they would have this embedded and they'd be able to do the transaction straight away? Mm. Yeah, potentially. So Stripe, okay, so they, they, I mean, everyone was really excited about this because it seems to be like you said, bridging that gap so people would be able to go straight to their MetaMask and make that purchase without having to do that additional step. Because if you're new to the space and at the moment, say, with this new step that Instagram's done where you can now buy NFTs on Instagram, part of that big issue in the last six to 12 months of bridging artists from Web 2 to Web 3 was they were spending all their time educating these newbies on how to get their fiat to Ethereum or Solana to make these purchases. And that was that bit that people were getting really confused on. This solves that. They won't need to, they won't need to have that step there. So it, it is pretty big. I feel like the, the comparison of it is like when Apple Pay first came out, like it didn't seem 
Like now I can't live without Apple Pay <laughs> because like even the idea of getting my card from my wallet to buy something online, I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered. And that's, yep. Whereas now you're just going to go like, bang, it's going to be easy. And it's going to be the same situation for people with, oh, I can't be bothered learning about MetaMask, can't be bothered learning about Ethereum. Mm. Let's just integrate Stripe. Yeah. Too easy. Yeah. It's great. It is. It's a big step and um, everyone was very excited. Speaking of Apple, let's move on to our next story. Apple has been getting a bit of a beatdown at the moment due to its 30% fees. And in the latest story this week involves Coinbase. Coinbase Wallet announced that ISO users can no longer send NFTs to each other because Apple is asking for a 30% cut on gas fees on mobile transactions, which is just madness. And they clearly don't understand how gas fees work. Craig, tell us a bit more about this one. Yeah, so there's been a bit of Twitter beef, mm-hmm. a, a new Twitter rivalry this week. Uh-huh. Apple Apple versus Coinbase. Brian Armstrong, CEO of Coinbase, has been on the blower on Twitter saying this is ridiculous. So basically Elon's having a break at bashing Apple and now Brian Armstrong. And CZ and, and SBF are having a break. Yeah. So it's um it's Apple versus <laughs> Coinbase this week. But a bit of context, like so Apple pretty much charges an app mm-hmm. 30% of in-app purchases. So Chase, when your son is on Minecraft, he buys a skin for 10 bucks, hopefully not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple are taking three bucks of that, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're comparing gas fees to these in-app purchases, which is completely ridiculous. Yeah. Coinbase have compared it to like charging Gmail for every email sent, which is obviously not sustainable. No. Because you're just moving transaction across the internet, not necessarily an in-app purchase. Mm-hmm. So what's actually happened here is that the wallet's latest update has been blocked um, so you can't send NFTs if you have the new Coinbase app and it's pretty much causing a massive hoo-ha in the industry and it shows that the lack of understanding, understanding of a company like yep. Apple. Is it though or are they just basically going, hmm, let's stop a bit of progress here. It's gonna, just going to put the brakes on for a minute. Because surely. What you think, you, you got a tinfoil hat on, do you? Oh, I just think, you know, let's think about what we are. We're, we're cryptocurrency. We're about decentralization and stopping these big data companies. Who's one of these big data companies? Apple. Oh, bingo. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Apple prides themselves on not being a data company. They've tried to differentiate in the market from Google by implementing the non-storage of data. And that's why, you know, many companies have had so many problems with target marketing because essentially Apple's blocked them. And that's why we love having Blake on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go then. Well, in that case, you know what they are? They're just greedy. And someone likened this to the fact that they're they're getting 30%. They're charging you rent. It's basically like they're being your landlord. Can we have 30% 30 of rent, please? Sure. And then you go and have a garage sale and they knock on the door and go, we'll take an extra 30% of what you just sold in the garage sale, thanks. They can't do that. It's ridiculous. So I hope Armstrong, you know, sticks it to them and, you know. Well, Apple have dealt with, they're dealing with a couple of big rivals right now. It was Mark Zuckerberg a few months ago, Elon Musk lately, mm. because they threatened Elon Musk getting Twitter off the App Store. And then the Spotify CEO as well has been going at them because they ah. favour their own music app over Spotify and now Coinbase. So yeah. they're pissing a lot of people off, Trace. Well, look, well, let's just keep an eye and see how that one goes out. But we're, we're talking about this today because it's in our backyard right now with Coinbase and upsetting the apple cart. So we shall see. We shall see where that one goes. Look, we might take a little bit of a break there. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the sexy subject of regulation. We'll be back. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast. So regulation, it's something we're going to be hearing about a whole lot more, especially as we move into 2023. We think it will dominate the chat there. Blake shared an article uh, with us earlier this week or late last week, sorry, and uh, it brought up some questions. Was was regulation in the crypto going to be self-regulation or self-destruction? So uh, the the article here in the Australian Financial Review made some great points uh, written by Tom Richardson. So Blake, what did you like about about this article that Tom wrote. Yeah, this is certainly an element of the industry that doesn't get spoken about enough. Now, obviously, regulation has become a hot topic since the FTX fiasco and and many of the other things that we've seen this year. And as a result, regulators want to fast track some policies to protect consumers, which is a great endeavor. But I think it's really important to note that it's extremely difficult for regulators to regulate decentralized finance and decentralized organizations because uh, essentially they're not domiciled anywhere. Um, and, you know, they, they may or may not have people in the country, for example, Australia, that participate in that organization. So then it's hard for regulators to extend the rules to these groups. Now, regulation does cover really well uh, your local exchanges and, and investment apps and other locally domiciled businesses. Now, you know, what we're going to see more and more of are these local businesses advocating for more regulation in order to build a moat around their businesses and encourage people to you know, potentially use their service as opposed to a decentralized service. And we saw well, that's what Sam Bankman-Fried was doing when he was in Washington. He was advocating for rules and regulation that supported his business. And we see that in all jurisdictions now. And you know, these people that are advocating for regulation in the crypto space may or may not be aligned with the principles of you know, what blockchain technology was built upon, like decentralization and transparency and permissionless access to, you know, uh, and financial freedom um, and financial sovereignty. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. So right now, the state of centralized exchanges, they are not, are they not regulated? 
Well, they're regulated somewhat. Now, of course, they're regulated by things like consumer protection uh, and, you know, they can't make false or misleading statements. If they have financial products on their platform, then they would be regulated by ASIC, the Australian Securities Investment Commission. Uh, As well as that, they're regulated from a point of view of KYC and AML, and that stands for Know Your Customer and Anti-Money Laundering. So many of our listeners would have the experience of you know, having to hand over their identification when signing up to a cryptocurrency exchange. And that's so that the, uh, you know, money laundering can be traced and tracked um, for those that are bad actors. Uh, so it is regulated in somewhat, but it doesn't have its own regulatory regime specifically for crypto investment and trading platforms. Do you think maybe that we'll see some type of maybe consortiums of groups sticking together? So instead of Sam going out on his own, maybe Sam and CZ or maybe exchanges here in Australia acting together to sit down and lobby about regulations so that it's done in a more user-friendly or group-friendly manner? Yeah, we we see that every day. Uh, in Australia, we have Blockchain Australia. Um, mm-hmm. In in the US, we have the Global Blockchain Business Council, uh, and there's countless other industry organisations that you know push forward their agenda from a regulatory point of view. But you know, there seems to be a hell of a lot less people pushing forward the regulatory agenda of decentralised finance because mm. by the nature of it, they are not regulated. So there's a disproportionate amount of lobbying um, yep. for businesses versus the technology itself. Yeah, some good points there. And again, I think we're, it's not going to be the last time we speak on this subject. I think it will it'll make a big part of the narrative around crypto throughout the remainder of this bear market which will likely be for the entirety of 2023, I would imagine. So we'll keep you informed. We'll keep really? you informed. Yes, really. If you've called the bottom, though. Should we do another bottom call for this week? If we do one every week, we'll be right eventually. I'll be right eventually. Yeah, exactly right. We'll be right eventually. I know. He hasn't, he hasn't mentioned it yet. But moving on to our next story. Today, Coindesk released their 100 most influential persons list and no surprise that CZ won. And do we want to know why he won? Blake, you tell us. <laughs> you wrote it in there. <laughs> Why did he win? Why did he win, Blake? CZ won because he has the ability to vanquish a forty billion dollar rival with a single tweet. Now I don't know if you could be any more influential than that, um, but oh. certainly topping the list of uh, most influential people. That is gold. And as we're reading that, Craig has just found out who topped the list last year. Tell our listeners who topped the list last year, Craig. Sam Bankman-Fried topped it last year, so hopefully we don't see wow. a Coindesk curse. Look at that. Well, last year, if you remember, Trace, they did the NFTs. They auctioned NFTs of the little characters off. I know. That's why I was saying, yeah, yeah, I think I remember at the time. Um, well, he, he was influential, wasn't he? He single-handedly crashed the market. Yeah, oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I wonder why. So Sam won last year for why? Wonder what what did it say for him winning for being? Well, he was on the full throttle with his um, you know, giving back to the world mm. PR pitch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's also in his twenties, so he was like the youngest and richest guy in crypto for a long time. Yeah, yeah, with some great some great hair at the time. Oh, how the mighty do fall! There we go. 
Moving on, look, a little bit of breaking news for today. Um, another one who's fallen to the contagion, orthogonal trading here and Maple. What's the story that's come to light today here, boys? Yeah, so um, probably just for a little bit of context, there's a platform called Maple Finance, which is an Aussie-born platform, uh, which allows funds and market makers and hedge funds to lend crypto to one another um, using smart contracts. Um, so they've done... You know, over a billion dollars in loans in the last year or so, and they've been a, a raging success. And orthogonal trading, which uh, I think was a BVI-based hedge fund, but also had a presence here in Australia uh, with some of their team members, uh, they were unfortunately seem to have been caught up in the FTX liquidity crisis and have defaulted on one of their loans on Maple to the tune of about $32 million. So hope everyone mm, is, yeah. um, hope everyone's all right over at Orthogonal, but it just shows that the contagion from the FTX, you know, debacle is going to continue um, probably for many more weeks and months. Yeah, that's not so good. And with that, we'll move on now to our short, sharp news bites. Craig, do you want to kick off? So one of the largest financial companies, Fidelity, has announced they've started opening retail Bitcoin and Ether trading accounts. Now, they did have it available for institutions. Now they are available for retail. So the company has announced its move to a earlier subscribers list with the title being The Wait Is Over. Now, they've waited for the bear market, so they probably should have got a move on before, but um, just another place to buy. Perfect time to buy, though. This is it. There you go. What's next? Do you want to go, Blaine? Yeah, the FTX drama is not over like we just described, Uh, and Amazon wants a piece of it. The company is partnering with a with the Russo brothers, best known for the Marvel movies, to make a show on the spectacular collapse of the cryptocurrency giant. Yeah, they're looking to go into production in spring 2023, and I think everyone is going to be queuing up to see this movie. Uh, but you know, it's not over yet, so I'm, I'm sure they'll uh, be refining the script over the coming months. Yeah, I think it's going to take a while. They're going to have to leave it to the last minute to film because it'll be forever changing. But sticking with FTX... The DOJ watchdog filed a motion seeking an independent examiner to look over the FTX collapse. So the internal agency compares the failure of FTX to that of the Lehman Brothers and the New Century Financial. In the motion, the Justice Department says the appointment of an independent examiner would be in the interest of FTX creditors and other interested parties. So that seems like the only way to move forward, really, and um, we'll see what comes out of it. Cool. And the next one I've got here is I've got a bag of this, GMX. I am cherry picking this story because I've shilled them on the podcast before. Um, they have finally Not financial flipped, advice. We don't. They have here. flipped Uniswap in daily revenue for the first time ever. Um, everyone that was has been futures trading on FTX has now gone to GMX, and um, all these decentralized exchanges have seen huge growth. And you can actually look up the live growth. If you go stats.gmx.io, you can actually see it live. Um, So they're now the market leader, Trace. Told you so. Yeah, they're done really well. Yeah, flying well. Balake. Uniswap has launched its own NFT aggregator platform and the aggregator allows users to view listings from 
OpenSea, it looks rare, NFTX, and other marketplaces. Mm. So that's a pretty cool service. Um, users are able to compare prices across the markets and trade the NFTs either individually or in batches. Now, this is awesome. They're obviously positioning to be a, a one-stop shop here, so you don't have to go anywhere else. Uh, so Uniswap's aggregator will be the first major NFT platform to open source its front end. So this suggests that we're going to see many other forks or copies of this platform. But did anyone look into the fees that are going to be charged or are they just passing it through straight to the platforms that uh, you know the trades will be executed on? I assumed that they would be passing it through, but I, I didn't look. Oh, well, good stuff. Yeah, I love uni. Okay, moving on. One of the original promises of Web3 was the transfer of power of platforms to the creator, as well as power, it's money. So OpenSea's announced last Friday that creators have also earned more than $1 billion on their platform just this year. So that's more than Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat have all paid out to their creators. So that's pretty big news coming through from OpenSea's. And last one for today, bad news for the Ripple army. They've been delisted from the Coinbase wallet. Um, they've also scrapped a few mm-hmm. assets from their self-custody mobile wallet, citing consumer interest, which um, is an interesting one. They're also getting rid of Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum Classic, which are three OGs they're getting rid of, which is quite interesting. Mm, not from the platform, just from the wallet. Correct. Yeah, there's one other item that we may or may not want to chuck in there that I thought was really interesting about FTX and Sam over the last week coming out on different media channels to try and what seems to be change the narrative of how he's been perceived in the media. Now, you know, it's Mm -hmm. obviously been quite clear that, you know, this organization was mismanaged and it all started at the top with Sam. Um, But, you know, what we're seeing now is Sam taking interviews and muddying the waters a little bit uh, Mm -hmm, to make mm -hmm, it seem mm -hmm. as though that, you know, he was uh, more innocent than potentially he was. And, you know, it was his subordinates that, you know, were potentially making all the mistakes. Now, this is quite important because he would be getting advice um, to yeah, his from lawyers. his lawyers mm-hmm. and media specialists to go out there, muddy the waters because yep. you know, when this does go to court and, he's, and he is persecuted, if the mo- waters are muddied about the narrative that he's putting out into the marketplace, yeah. then- I don't think anyone's buying it, but yeah. Yeah, but it could be the case that um, people do. And more importantly, Tracy, I think what's we're going to see is the left-leaning news agencies support this narrative to show that, you know, potentially cover their own bum. Because they, because oh, you know, yep. we had some of these institutions and organisations promoting, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried as a poster child, uh, but now, um, obviously, they've seen what's happened, and what we've seen many articles come out that are that are soft hitting and almost ass covering. You know, maybe this narrative will be picked up and distributed in order for some of these groups. I think they're they're kind of already doing it, aren't they? It's all out there, like, yeah. but. but I think no matter how much media training they've given him, he's not doing a very good job of it. Well, all the the whole narrative across all of those publications are like removing the intent of Sam. They're saying that like the language is like how Sam failed to save the world, like how FTX blew up in Sam's in Sam's power when like they're removing all intent. 
even though like we know mm-hmm. that he was funneling funds to his re- his hedge fund. Yeah. And and that's one of the key points around fraud. If fraud was committed, there needed to be intent. And I think you're right. And if he can muddy the waters to show that there was an intent of fraud and it was just a big, you know, mismanagement, then, you know, his sentence potentially would be very different. Yeah, it's definitely the way they're doing it. Even when he answers questions, you see, he looks down, he's looked, did I, he even does it, he's like, did I? Let yeah, me think he, about he's really yeah, he carefully says that. studying he, the question. Yeah. How do I say this to get out of what they've just said to me? You know, because people have been asking a few direct questions and it's how he's answering and it. And the guy in the ABC is like, yes or no, did you know? He's asked it three times. He didn't answer it once. He gave the best no. politician answer. And I guarantee you he's got media people, lawyers living in his Bahamas apartment with him, probably mm. behind the camera, telling him what to say. It's a joke. His posters going up say, yeah, yeah, say this. Yeah, we're, we're flip cards. We're flip cards. <laughs> <laughs> but who was it actually? Genevieve again put up that really good one where he was feeding information to um, the Financial Times around when he was trying to make it onto the um, the rich list and he was actually here, this is my involvement with um, Alameda, here are the sheets of here are the lists of all the money that's in there right now. He only did that three or four months ago. So for him to be that involved at that point, you know, like look, the question about the, you know, did you write the code with the backdoor codes? I don't know how to write code, you know, and they're like, okay, but interesting, interesting. We shall see again. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a long time for all of that to play out, obviously. Yeah. And with that... We shall leave it there for another week of crypto news. Please do join us again next week as we bring you the next instalment of crypto news. Follow us on all the different places in social media where you can follow us. Keep your emails coming to podcast at getbamboo.io. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please join us again next week. Bye for now. See you guys. Bye. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.